Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's Welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I'm Naomi. We are a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners. We really jumped the gun over each other's life <laughs> at yeah. this point, saying that intro, Naomi. You're like, you're like, yeah, 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 I get the last syllable. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. Let's get, a, let's get going. Uh, of course, I... Uh, famously tired both of us so famously i mean i feel like fatigue is the core of my identity which i'm not you know i'm not happy about i'm not proud of it and i feel as though with every passing day i'm just getting older and older one step closer to the grave that i think i should have more energy naomi uh have you ever worn fatigues you are fatigued have you ever worn fatigues that would be a hat and a hat Okay, if you're fatigued, wearing fatigues, it's like, we got it. <laughs> we got it. You're that's weary. our army, Naomi. How de- it's how unpatriotic of you to say that. Andy, I support the troops. Mm, do you? That's how dare I- you imply that I don't support our troops? Now, Naomi, before we get into today's episode, before we even tell you who the guest is, uh-huh. I want to do two things. One, sometimes, you know, we get a lot of comments uh, on the advice questions Mm -hmm. people who have their own thoughts sometimes it's someone who like the question was about certain identity that neither us nor the guest had yep you know we did our best and they they come in they're like uh actually i am this person i am this kind of person and uh, i've got some thoughts for you uh and so um andrew farmer and anna dresden do you remember that episode absolutely a few episodes ago it was wonderful our delightful friends andrew and anna uh someone called in or wrote in and said they were just uh newly diagnosed on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. and they had they were asking questions about like dating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and you know we did uh, i thought that was maybe inappropriate um because i would say um the way they described their autism diagnosis or their spectrum diagnosis i, I thought it, it was about being very interior and i'm like well comedy writers are can empathize with that uh-huh uh-huh 
now. However, do you want to read this? Someone wrote in with their yes, own comment now. I would love to. Thank you so much for commenting, first of all. But they write, hi, love the pod. Just wanted to say about the recent advice question about socializing from a recently diagnosed autistic person that one answer is to find other autistic people and see if they enjoy that or want to make friends there. There's also so much cool online stuff currently by and for autistic people. They can look for terms like neurodiverse or actually autistic. The account and website called Neuroclastic is one example. I read recently that one study showed that some of the so-called socialization, quote, problems that autistic people can encounter with neurotypical people do not occur when two autistic people are socializing. I'm not autistic, so take that with a grain of salt, but just a suggestion, two heart emojis. Yes, How but tender. It, was, uh, it was a suggestion uh, laden with actual knowledge, it seems. It did. It really felt like this person was informed, okay, yeah. telling us about some search terms to use, places to find people. Yeah. You got to find your tribe at all times. Tribe. It's all gotta about finding your tribe. Find your tribe. Now, we have, Naomi, we both love this. We have a follow up. Oh, live for a follow up. Follow up from someone who wrote in or called in, mm-hmm. asked a question. And we answered. Here we go. Hi, Naomi and Andy. Um, I just listened to the episode where you answered my rambling, unhinged question about my girlfriend, the external processor. Um, thank you and Kate McCucci for being so gracious. Um, a lot of time has passed uh, since the voicemail and now. And Naomi, you are absolutely correct. Um, I thought that this was me being a bad listener And this was more of me needing to just be direct and set a boundary and say, honey, I am your girlfriend. I love you. and I love your thoughts. I cannot be a captive audience for you 24-7. And it's working so far. We're still together. Thanks again. Bye. First of all, my favorite follow-up is when you follow up to tell me I was right. Mm -hmm. All right? So Mm -hmm. keep those coming, guys, whenever you feel that. But I'm very happy to hear that. She took the advice. They took the advice and it's happening. I noticed there are not a lot of uh, follow-ups that go, Andy, you were- It's okay, honey. It's okay. Your advice was the best I've heard. (laughs) Andy, you are good at advice. (laughs) You're a sweet angel, baby. No, no, no. That was ironic self-deprecation. I don't- It felt real. (laughs) (laughs) That's how great an actor I am. You know, I studied method. I studied Meisner. Wow. You studied method man? <laughs> I studied method man. I studied. Yeah. <laughs> M-E-T-H-O-D acting. I studied Meisner man. <laughs> Red man. Every man. Can we just talk about our guest today? <laughs> yes, please, please. Because I love our guest. Our that guest today. Jana Schmeeding. The one, the only. All right. Jana is one of the stars of Rutherford Falls on Peacock. She also writes for Rutherford Falls. Jana is out here, honey. She also has her own Etsy shop, but she makes gorgeous jewelry, okay? So she is operating on so many levels. She is a multi-hyphenate of the highest order. Yeah, I've been a fan of her since I saw her sketch duo back in, uh, or improv duo back in uh, New York years ago. Oh my God, can you imagine? And, uh, can you imagine seeing an improv duo? What a delight it was to have her on the show. Ugh. So before we get into it though, Naomi, uh, I think we have two quote-unquote live shows uh, online one of them less a show more a hangout a meetup we, th- we thought we would do a thing for the patreon so if you're part of the patreon on saturday november 6th at 5 p.m pst yes we're doing a zoom hangout for the patreon okay so if you're part of the patreon we'll do we'll send you a link right before the thing and then we'll just you can ask us questions you can 
tell us lies. You can right, 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 right. You, you can, can chill. You can give us a dressing down. You can. We've said dress that last up. time. Do not dress us down, please don't. But do dress up. <laughs> Someone mentioned on the on the Patreon that uh, it's just going to be everyone's pets. Just hanging out. Which I love that. That feels right. I think probably most people just want to see Mabel. So we can promise you Mabel will appear in the Patreon Zoom show. Yeah. Uh, and then the next thing, this is a, uh, we're going to do a uh, Twitch show, uh, Couples Therapy Quarantine Party Check-In. Yeah. Mental health check-in check with everyone. Now, this is for everyone. You don't have to be part of the Patreon. Totally free. Uh, if you go to twitch.tv slash couples therapy pod on Sunday, the 21st, again, at 5 p.m., PST. We're going to do a, a whole hour of fun for you. Yeah. If you watch the Twitch show, if you were part of that CTQC, honey, you know how we do. I'm going to yell about stuff I hate. Andy's probably going to ask us if he should buy certain outfits that Instagram <laughs> is marketed to him. Yeah. I mean, we're just going to really check it and see how everyone's doing. Yeah. So join us for that. Um, but for now, let's get to Jana. Roll it. <laughs> Now, Jana, I'm going to be honest with you. I woke up 20 minutes before this. All right? Uh, it is, Thank it, God you said something. I did, too. It is noon for the listener. I woke up 20 minutes before this, so it might take me a second. Will I be my sharpest? No. But I will be coming to you from the heart. <laughs> because I, my you know defenses what, are Naomi, down. Naomi, I don't... I actually don't want you on your sharpest. You make me look bad. <laughs> Or Naomi, <laughs> if you could dumb it down for me, I'd actually appreciate it. <laughs> I kind of like Naomi in this mode because she doesn't have the energy to put up a facade. Yeah. So I, I, it's very easy to read her uh. emotions. Like I, I <laughs> yes. was trying to like get the like before we started recording, I was trying to get all the stuff going. Like I have like a little checklist in my mind, uh, stuff, and then she said part four before I said part three, and so I was like, hold on. And then I saw, like, the look in her eye of just, like, don't tell me to hold on. Did you just say, hold on to me? Just because I said whatever checklist number four is before number three in your mind also. This is not a physical checklist. Exactly. This is in my mind. So exactly. the fact that she, like, made sure that, like, you could hear us in your earbuds before I started recording the Zoom like, obviously, to anyone outside of my brain, who gives a shit? But uh -huh. in my brain, very important to follow that checklist <laughs> in that order. Do you see but what I also, deal with? I do. And you know what? This is why I can't be in a partnership with anyone. Because if somebody <laughs> said, hold on to me one time, it'd be a day-long, maybe a two-day problem. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to slough it off. You're doing quite well to me. Like, this is this is some maturity I'm seeing. Uh, I'm um, very well, much a petty partner. Are you a well, petty partner? Yeah. Well, hold on. Two things. One, you kind of learn to with the little things. You kind of just like, you of know. course, because well, Naomi also uh, does. Uh, I, didn't, I was about to say microaggressions, not the same thing. Uh, tiny. <laughs> That's uh, another strike. Uh, <laughs> tino aggressions. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of another word for like it's just romantic. It's like little tiny like romantic annoyances that you learn to just like kind of like. I just say we work each other's nerve. <laughs> <laughs> we just work each other's nerve, but then he's like, "All right, water off a duck's back." <laughs> uh, he's like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, 
Yeah. But now let's go yeah, back to Petty Partner. But yes, Petty Partner. I need to know about you being a Petty Partner. And tell, like, what is your kind of relationship style? Do you tend to go from, like, relation to relation? Are you like, we don't love these hoes? Are you like, I am a working <laughs> woman and I ain't got time? God. What's the vibe? I have, I am a very sensitive partner romantically. I'll, I'll say this. I've had, I, I, I want to say, I've been heartbroken, but it's more like I've just been butthurt. Like, it's like less of a heartbreak and more of just like, oh, he just like didn't treat me amazingly. Um, and and okay. like those situations cause me to be single for like a lifetime. So like I have actually not been in a serious partnership for, oh boy, we're going on. We're going on a decade soon. It's really been a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like very... Um, very terrified hmm. uh, because I don't know. It's so weird because I take really intense risks in my career, mm-hmm. like in my in in like all other paths of walks of life. But like I'm I'm like terrified of being hurt by a romantic partner, huh. um, and so I avoid it. But. I have been known to to dabble in the dating, um, <laughs> and even then, I'm very much of a like I I, I feel like a middle school girl like mm. um, who just like gets like so wrapped up into one little flirtation that yep. like it means way too much to me. I understand that, um, and and usually someone who is like. Uh, uh, like sub average <laughs> of a person. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Recently I, I um, was kind of flirting with this, um, this native man. Um, and, um, and he's a scientist or he's an engineer. He's like great job. And I, and I flirted with him and I, I asked him on a couple of dates during the pandemic, like in the heat of the pandemic when oh, you wow. couldn't really meet up with people. <laughs> so we had three virtual dates. Um, they were very much like on zoom. I wore fancy clothes <laughs> from <laughs> top of the head to waist and pajama <laughs> pants in the bottom. Um, and they seemed fun, but then it, he just, like, didn't really holler at me after... And that was probably, like... Oh, boy. When was it? I feel like it was, like, a, kind of around the holidays of 2020. Okay. Um, <clears throat> or, like, winter time. Um, and... And so, so after the third date, which I thought was a really fun date, I initiated a date that was virtual, a virtual walk it, uh, through the, um, through the Natural History Museum in D.C. What? Wait, how? Yes. How is that a thing? It's a thing. You kind of can just like sort of Google map it. Like there's there's things like I got so creative and I was like, we can't just like sit and talk yeah. anymore. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's boring. Um, and so we, I thought that that was really fun. My jokes were fucking on point. Of course. <laughs> I was like, of course. I was cutting up. It was really, really good. I like, <laughs> patted myself on the back after the day. I was like, ooh, like you get him, 
you get him in the heart and you get him in the guts. You yep. know, you like yep. really want to make a man laugh. But then I didn't hear from him, and I kind of was like, I want him to like initiate yes, the next yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He, he didn't, and sort of like went went away. But I noticed, so that was like you know back in the winter, um, several months ago. But I noticed lately he's been. Um, responding to my Instagram stories with a little fire emoji sometimes. Mm. Like, you know, when I look pretty, he uh-huh. gives me a fire emoji. Mm. And then recently he asked <laughs> if I wanted to get lunch. So he's back. He's huh. back in the mix. Okay, wait. I got a, a couple questions. Mix. I got a couple. Was this now, this was before you were on television? The original date. Yes, but he knew I was going to be on television, but the show had yet to air mm, when we I, were going on dates. Uh-huh. I wonder if he's uh, sniffing around now that uh, now that you're a uh, star of your own TV show. If he's like, uh, I don't I know. I wonder he's that an too. He's an engineer. Well, where's he's an engineer? Is he like a jet propulsion guy? He does. Oh boy, I feel like I, I don't want to say his name, but like right, yes, right. he's a NASA guy. Uh-huh. So he was also at the time of our dating, he was actively working on the Mars rover landing. Uh-huh. Well, that's cool. Was he uh, telling you very all, cool all about for all mankind season two? Is that all he would talk about? <laughs> <laughs> no, honey, that's you. That was your program. <laughs> I didn't even try with that show. Oh, God. Should I? I liked it. Well, um, he liked it. Take, yeah, take okay. that what you will. So I'm, I'm just wondering, like, what is this? Because, like, because it's one thing to to after like a certain. It, did he ghost you, or did he just did he like stop answering your messages? I didn't try. Yeah, I one one could say we ghosted each other. But the ball um, was in his court. The ball was obviously. in his like right. He had the option to reach out, and he did not do that. Like when someone puts that amount of effort into a date. Especially a virtual date, right? Which is already you're you've got a lot of barriers to kind of like punch through, right? To make it pop you. off, yeah. To make it thank pop you. Off. Like that, I to- was really giving a lot of effort, yeah. by the way, because that's going on a date period is not easy for me, <laughs> and then being the planner of the date and then executing it at, to such a high level. Of course, honestly, absolutely. You know, it took a lot out of me. Yeah, especially if he's just nattering on about like rocket fuel or some shit <laughs> which I, you know <laughs> I, I i wish that he would have yeah like that's something that like i was like i'm into this you know st- and and he's very humble about the experience but like for sure i was like i'm into the scienciness of him yeah I, I like I like his whole vibe. He's a little bit more like conservative, um, had a bit more of a religious upbringing than I did. So there's like so, uh, there's a few mm, things yeah, yeah, that yeah. might not mesh well. But I didn't even really get the chance to like yeah get try into that. It out, yeah know? yeah yeah exactly. It's actually ten percent ethanol. <laughs> okay. Now I, I wonder if also some of the ghosts not ghosting but like was he a little like all right it's pandemic. You know, when are we really going to do this? I would now if if we had heard from him with like a picture of a vaccination card, you know what I mean? Like in April, May, I would have been like, okay, yes. Okay. You could have taken that time off a little bit. But him being like, hey, let's meet IRL. But if. Yes. Yes. You know, I just, you know, I'm just going to say it for me. He's in the doghouse with me Mm. and he's going to need to like really step it up. Like if he wants to get together for a lunch. 
be like, these are the times I'm free. I don't want to go west of Highland or whatever your rules are. And then that's that's it. Because, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, you can kind of just be like, pick the place. Here's what I can do. If you can't do it, you got to go. Yeah, I don't like this guy. I'll be honest. Because he's grown. I don't if like we were 25, it would be different. But we grown. And if you yeah. can't use your words, even if the words are, hey, I really like you, but not being able to see you, like, is not, like, feeling good, you know? Or, like, like let's hook, let's talk where we can, like, meet in person or something. Yeah. That would be different. Yeah. And he didn't use his words, and that's what I don't like. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you are both speaking uh, as the majority of my friend group has been speaking about it. And I, quite honestly, the only reason I was like... Uh, well, there's two reasons that I, I agreed to it. One was that the text exchange on his part was pretty flirty. Uh-huh. I was surprised, actually, yeah. at how the flirtation was initiated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and nobody's flirting with me on the daily. You know, I'm not a person who's getting um, flirted with. So I'm very suckered by <laughs> a single attempt quite honestly it doesn't take much for me let's say that um and the other thing was that he yeah like he was the one who was asking he like good you know he it wasn't like the it was it wasn't vague it was very clear like would like to take you out and he also said at the beginning of the exchange um long time like it's been a while and and um I take responsibility for that. So he well, okay. 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 So he used right. okay. So he All used right. words. All right. Okay. There. All right. Yes. I w- can yes. I can I throw this out there? Yes. Ask him what the fuck happened. Yeah. Just be like, <laughs> I agree. What you been doing for the last eight months? Well, don't, don't, maybe don't yeah. be as, don't be as aggressive as we are. As, don't be as hot as we are coming. <laughs> yes, <at>. you should. <laughs> or maybe you you can do is put me on speaker and I'll ask him. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? my two acquaintances want to <laughs> have a question for you. I mean, I think like, yeah, I, I think like it's going to be, it's so weird. It's so hard for me to figure this kind of shit out because, because I like haven't as an adult, like I've dated so little. Mm-hmm. I've, I feel like I'm new to it every time. It's like yeah. my period. Every month I'm like <laughs> 16 all over again. What the fuck? I have Andy to is pointing three at me pairs right of now. underwear every month. <laughs> I, I don't put it in my calendar. I forget that it happens. And then one night I'm like, why am I alive? What is my point of being even on this earth? I hate myself. I want to die. And and then the next day I start my period and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what dating is like for me. I get wrapped up in the whole thing. Every time it happens, I'm like, this is the person I'm going to settle down with and start a life with. And then it and then I get butt hurt. And then, you know, it all happens again in four years. Wait, can we go back to the first, like at the very beginning when you said like you kind of got quote unquote butt hurt? Like, what was the like the relationship that where you're just like I'm out? What what happened? Um, usually, like a ghosting situation. It's a definitely an attachment style issue. Oh, so it's more um, than one relationship. It wasn't just like the last that that whatever the relationship was that ended. The last person that ago. I like uh, kind of officially dated, and we were going on dates consistently and like making out. But we, but he he like wouldn't make it a fish, 
Not that mm. I needed that, but I needed some kind of yeah, uh, you know, signs of progress. Right. That he was in his letterman jacket. Yeah. Yes. Exa- yeah. He was like he was very much like a rom- like doing romantic things for me, and but then like there was like a point where it got to like making like not responding to my texts and and or like waiting a long time to do that and kind of avoiding hanging out and then I was spinning out of control thinking like oh my god what did I do and then I feel needy mm-hmm. um ah. and it, it's very clearly like I'm codependent I'm I'm like behaving in a codependent way on this person that I kind of barely know and this person is like having like cannot communicate that they're not into it they cannot be clear with me that they're like, this is too much too fast or whatever. Like they're mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. two different like communication styles happening at the same time. And that happens a lot. Like that has been pretty consistent throughout my adulthood. Well, now I'm wondering, okay, what is your type? Why is this consistent? Meaning why aren't you shaking it up? Have you tried a lover who's a bit shorter than you? Because they're very uh, uh, <laughs> dedicated. They're very dedicated. you. <laughs> And that was new for me. That was new for me. I'm, and they're very dedicated. Okay. I, I, I love a short king. Yes, I really do. Absolutely. Um, or short queen. I'm already 5'2". So it gets <laughs> into very short territory. <laughs> but I mean, I've, I've dated um, people who are like my height or slightly taller. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think what I need to do and what I'm trying to do in my life now is, uh, you know, sort of be, allow myself to be attracted to someone who has a more secure attachment style, who isn't going to like drag me along and then Mm -hmm. be weird at some point, you know? Um, and like somebody who's like, I'll give you space if you need it. I don't mind having my own too, or just like clear communication at all. Right, would right, be right, great. Right, right. I, I, I like a mysterious, like a, a mysterious weirdo is my type. Like, <laughs> ah, what's that? Mysterious weirdo. Ah. Oh no. That you know just what? A, <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, change what I said before. Get rid of this uh, Mars rover guy. Why? Because it's the same. It's the same pattern then. Oh. I mean, he could be a mysterious weirdo. However, the recent text exchange might prove otherwise. It, it, it's so hard to know at this right. point. I'm going to go on a date yes. and see how it Go goes. have a lunch in person because who knows what it's going to feel like when you actually see this person face to face. Yeah. Right. I will say that, like, um, even though I might eventually, it might not happen or work out, I am attracted to him. Physically. Yeah. And that's yeah. also something that doesn't happen to me a lot anymore. Oh, okay. I don't know if, like, like mm-hmm. I'm just, like, not into it. I don't know if I'm asexual. I don't think it's that. But, like, I I just, like, it's so rare that I'm like, ooh, this person is interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just have particular chemistry. Guys, mm-hmm. we are not talking about chemistry enough. And about <laughs> how, like, we could. We, <laughs> I, I mean, agree. look, I, I, I'm sorry. I was being a little, like, facetious. But also, like. For real, you know, we always outline all these things, but it really kind of comes down to chemistry. It kind of comes down to, like, when you're in the room with that person, if it, like, 100%. feels good or not. Right, 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 right. Oh, my God. Totally. And, like, and if it comes down to 
chemistry than like I want to marry every single person I work with on Rutherford Falls. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, and and it takes it very much like if I'm looking at it through the lens of chemistry, like I'm actually compatible with a lot of people, but a lot of people at my age are in relationships and or married and, and have kids and stuff. So, um, I, I really am what I feel like is, was, is, or was my selectivity is also just like, how the market is behaving. <laughs> the housing age. market, the relationship market. We got to get that yes. bubble bursting when some people get divorced. That's right. I need to find them on the second round where they know better. <laughs> I got to throw this out there. If you can binge eat your favorite food in front of your significant other. Yep. It's forever. Uh, well, I always secret eat with you and I love you, but I secret eat. But you also what do you what are you public. secret eating and where? Well, I'm not gonna say what they are because it'll ruin the secret. But uh-huh. usually, like if if Andy manages to go out, like it's about more around each other all the time now. But before, like if it was like he was out with friends, like I would order, you know, far too much food, or it would oh, be yeah. something very unhealthy because he's a little like we need a vegetable. Like he's that vibe, you know what I mean? Like, and, and like, you know, dare like you. a little, like a little judgy, but not really, but like judgy, you know? And it's like, yeah, he I w- cares about wellness. Exactly. And I want Taco Bell. And yeah. so I'm going to try to do that when he's not around. Is and that's Taco Bell. And that's my time. You know what I mean? That's my time mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. just like, usually, honey, I take my shirt off so there are no spills. So I'm just in a bra <laughs> sitting on the couch watching a fringe and eating a taco. <laughs> Oh, fuck yes. That's it. Uh, For me, it's like, uh, you know, uh, a murder show, Mm -hmm, for sure. mm -hmm. And and like, I mean, I'll say there are some serious perks to being single and living alone. There are some serious fucking perks. And uh, and that one is a big one for me. I love to eat whatever the fuck I want. I hate little peering little peepers on my (laughs) on on me while I'm trying to consume anything. Yep. Yep. Um, and may I may or may not have gone to Gelson's last night at 7.30 p.m. to go to the dessert uh, counter and buy three different little assorted individual desserts for Ooh. myself. And, you know, is somebody that I'm with going to judge me for that behavior? Perhaps. And I don't want them <laughs> in my space or in my life. <laughs> but wait, uh, going back to, so so you've had uh, uh, dalliances, though, over the... Uh, oh, yeah, over the last decade, have you had some kisses? Decade. That's a good, that's a good time frame. <laughs> to talk about this yeah uh-huh 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 um uh but i haven't made out or slept with anyone in probably when was that guy <laughs> i think he was in 20 let's see i moved here in 2016 i think it was 2017 okay okay well look 2020 was all a wash and then half of 2021 as well right so you pull out 18 months out of the whole you know and and um, i do want to say for the record that i tried in 2021 (laughs) i tried i have i have made an effort um i was not opposed to uh lying next to mars rover um, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you know. Yeah, it's 
But also, I mean, it's it's kind of fine. Like, I hear people um, complain about, like, not having sex for, like, months. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, babe. <laughs> um, but I also, like, I'm very used to being alone. And, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I did write a solo show about loneliness in New York City. And... <laughs> performed it uh <laughs> several times in several cities um so it was a problem at one point in my life it was something that i was trying to have some catharsis around um now did the solo show get me laid no um and nor did it uh give me access to partnership but i feel like i'm just now kind of maybe turning a corner i'm like you know, I'm like in a good place in my career. That's I'm like what I was going to ask. Love. Yeah. Um. So I hope that that like kind of attracts right some of the sim- some similar energies. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was like, you know, how has kind of your attitude changed as a result of starring in a program on broadcast television? Like, you know, <laughs> is it making you- on streaming streaming television and- <laughs> streaming streaming. Um, like when you were a teacher, was it like, did you like not absolutely not want to be doing that? And do you think that like informed the how, loneliness solo show? Yeah. Or like how you like mm-hmm. how, cause I know like, uh, uh, I was, I was reflecting on this earlier today. Like when I was in grad school and I like didn't, I didn't know I didn't want to be there, but my body knew I didn't want to be there. <laughs> I bet I was like reflecting that shit out onto the world. And I, yeah, I, I hooked up a bunch in that time, but I don't, I did not really I didn't fall in love in any real way. Uh, and I think probably is yeah. because I was like, uh, I was the, um, the mirror. What? Held up to my despair. <laughs> <laughs> you were the mirror held up to your despair. Man, somebody else needs to write a solo show. <laughs> <laughs> Janet, never tell uh, a man, never tell a man to write a solo show. Okay. We don't need it. Never encourage that. I, I, although that was beautiful. It was. Very um, poetic. Very poetic. Man, uh, if you ever write a book, that's got to be the title of one of the chapters. What? Never tell a man to write a solo show. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, Me and the boys back in the neighborhood Write a solo show (laughs) Uh, My Uh, bus driver Smitty used to talk about (laughs) Oh that's in your show I very (laughs) I very much think that um, When I was When I was in like the most Lonely time in my life uh, In New York And and it was like mid 30s like, uh, Like early mid 30s um, there were a lot of things at play. One was I wasn't I wasn't getting therapy consistently. Mm-hmm. I started eventually. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very helpful though. It wasn't like going very deep. Um, and I, so I yeah I was I I was feeling um, also kind of like um, in my teaching like has never been the thing that I have that has like fed my soul. Like it, it did for like a, a, the first few years, but like then it sort of became like a job, you know? Mm-hmm. And it didn't really uh, like uh, have a huge impact on my emotional life, except that I felt like I was giving a lot right. to mm-hmm. a, to a, uh, my, my students and my, the community, the school community, um, that wasn't necessarily feeding me in return. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just hard work. That's like self, very yeah. selfless hard work in yep. in a school in in New York City specifically, <clears throat> um, in the Bronx but, specifically. 
Okay. In the Bronx specifically, a very high need um, area. And, but I, but what I was doing was not processing my potential trauma from my teaching job and some of the things I was grappling with and, and or old childhood trauma or whatever. And I was chasing toxic tail <laughs> fucking every night, dude. If I named names of people who I was like pissed that they wouldn't make out with me, it, you would, you both, you would know. And, and you would, you would, you would be sad for me. It was it wasn't cool. They weren't really hot. Like it was like I I look back on that time and I'm like, what and you know what was crazy is they wouldn't fuck with me. These mm-hmm. people. They wouldn't fuck with me because they knew that they were they behave badly in mm. in romance and intimacy, and I had to respectable of a position in the comedy community in my comedy community that they wouldn't yeah. fuck with me. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like they didn't want to, they didn't want to get involved with somebody who would potentially be their downfall. Their, their <laughs> you yes, know, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and, and so they would, they would flirt back, but like not, never like any kind of commitment or any, even as soon as it would like border on like, I am, interested in you and it could possibly lead to something else and like it wouldn't even get to that point it would just be like a sad flirtation and i would just be like in a bar at 2 a.m being like are you coming like that kind of shit uh, oh sis you take me back it was you take me dark. back you take me back i mean yeah. i get it i get it Whew, yeah thank god we don't have to live that way anymore it's a true blessing <laughs> I know, and now I just go to Gelson's and get my own dessert, and I have two cats, and I'm fine. <laughs> I would say you're thriving, quite frankly, because I don't think yes. it's like if you if if you know, to me, like being single is not uh, a bad thing. But I know for me, I was somebody who was so obsessed with having a boyfriend, being liked. Um, I didn't. I don't like who I am because I do. Cr- I I would crush a lot. You know, I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. And I just, but I don't like who I am when I'm wanting like that. Like, I personally enjoy being in a relationship because that part of me was always so, ah, just so sick. Just like, so So like, I just like, don't, I did not like who that was. And I was like, I don't have to do that again. And even, even though like, again, like to be single is not to necessarily want, but I know I was that kind of person where it's like. I'm going to the party to see who might be at the party. You know what I mean? Same. And, it's and, like, and you oh, know what? For me, me for for me, and I've gotten a lot of therapy about this in the last few years, but like like you're saying, like the feeling of pining, mm-hmm. the feeling of of unrequited affection and the feeling of like needing and being thirsty and like that feeling is like so painful to me. Yeah. Like, I will mm-hmm. do anything to avoid that feeling mm-hmm. of me mm-hmm. of wanting somebody or something so badly and knowing in my mind. That like it's not going to happen, and I—it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy, or at least it has been in my past that I I I um, 
crush on these unavailable or right. emotionally unavailable or wh- whatever right. these toxic ass people who are not going to fucking step up reciprocate yeah, at they're all not gonna step up. and yeah. then it like affirms my reality that i'm unlikable unwantable it's not my fault it's theirs like they don't want me or or it is my fault i can just internalize it and um and also once i made a decision i moved to la and i made a decision when i first got to la the newness of of moving and this transition period m- opened me to dating again Mm -hmm. i was like oh i'm suddenly like i'm down to go on some dates i'm it's fine if it's bad or whatever and i went on several dates and i ended up sort of dating this person um for a for a minute like a month or two and um it ended weirdly but at that point i was like you know what i'm gonna change the story i tell myself that i'm a piece of shit and nobody loves me and i'm gonna make it that I actually don't want to be in a relationship because mm. that must be what's going on is that I, I'm not ready or I don't want to subconsciously. I, yep. I don't consciously. I can't, I can't tell myself that, but like subconsciously there's something going on where I'm not like there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be because I know that I'm like a good person and I'm a good partner right. and I have very intimate like friendships, you know, and very good friendships. So it didn't make any sense to me. So I was like, I'm going to start telling myself that I actually choose not to be pursuing people. Mm-hmm. And being in that space for a few years has really helped me to get to a place where I am now, which is now I would like to have someone in my life who is helpful and supportive mm-hmm. and like, you know, reciprocates my uh, affection and my love. Um, but I'm not going to suffer any fools in the Absolutely. process. Absolutely. You know? I'm not going to do what they tell you in the early days, which is kiss a lot of frogs. I'm not <laughs> there anymore. Okay. We will not be kissing any frogs here. Exactly. Exactly. That's a, a common theme on this show of like people like getting like, um, was the phrase coming into their power? Yes, but, yes, yes, and, yes, and not suffering fools. <laughs> yeah, because there's a yeah, lot. Of fools. I feel like uh, there's a lot, and and I and I have done my time. Yeah. suffering many. <laughs> so, um, okay. Random question. Now, look, I know you've been on Andy's podcast, Beginnings, and everyone is welcome to listen. Was it Beginnings or Snap Impression? Both, both, exactly. Both, uh, both right? But Snap Impression is no longer online. But sorry, folks. But you can. <laughs> but you can. Um, you know. <laughs> Find find beginnings and get the tea, but I don't know the tea really. Now, what I wanted to ask you before we start answering people's relationship questions, that's why we've probed you. We've probed you because people are, honey, they're calling, they're writing, they need us. And it's good to know where you, the guests, are coming from as you dole out the advice. They are suffering fools. They are suffering fools. Ugh. These people who write. But totally random pivot. You are Native American. Where did you grow mm. up? Did you grow up in a Native community? I grew up not in my tribal community, my traditional tribal homelands and the reservation that my that I'm enrolled in and my family is from is Cheyenne River, the Cheyenne River Lakota Sioux tribe, which is in South Dakota. That's my good. grandfather is enrolled in that tribe. My grandmother is a member of the Rosebud Lakota Sioux tribe, which is also in South Dakota. So my grandparents, my maternal grandparents are both from two different reservations. Mm-hmm. They both... Uh, left their reservations um, as young people and met on uh, in a tribal community in Oregon. Oregon. And so I was not raised in a 
I I went to school and like grew up in a small rural town uh, south of Portland. Okay. Um, but when I was with my grandparents, or you know, I also existed in a very intertribal, mm-hmm. like a diverse tribal community of a lot of Oregon natives and uh, native people who have moved from their tribal communities to Oregon um, and like Northern California natives. So I had okay. access to both uh, tribal communities and um, largely white. But yeah, so rural Oregon, the white ethno state of Oregon is where you <laughs> is where you grew up. That's what I'm trying That's to figure right. out. That's right. That's uh, right. The bastion of the yeah. triple K. Right. Um, uh, was it near the people yeah. who took over that wildlife um what was um, it? The no, that's that's Eastern Oregon. Um, the Mal, Malier, or what is it called? The um, yeah, you were right, Malier, Malier uh, uh, Wildlife Preserve. Yeah, that that is in Eastern Oregon or Central Oregon, perhaps. And so, no, but there, but that did not surprise me. That event <laughs> um, and continues to not surprise me. So that was the vibe, though. So you grew up in that vibe, and so. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, as someone who also went to a white school and then would spend summers with black family, I don't, I, you know, I think that also kind of um, tunes that pining in us, right? Because we're in this world where yeah. we don't necessarily fit in. And then you see somebody's cute white boys, but you know they ain't right. You know what I'm saying? They ain't right. And then when they're young, they ain't ready. They ain't right. They ain't ready. Oh. <laughs> And and pine for them I did <laughs> fucking a. I, I also was pining for native boys yep. too, and I didn't feel like they were available to me either yeah. yep. because it would yep, yep, yep. be like a long distance thing. You know, it was like a you know I wasn't going to school with them or you know. And it was but South I had Dakota. Some, I, yes, and and even in like Oregon in in the um, native community in Oregon, you know, you're kind of spread out, and then you oh, come okay. together in summers or weekends or oh, whatever okay. for for gatherings or powwows. But then you're everybody's kind of like spread out. Uh-huh. So I did have some romances, um, n- some young native romances, mm-hmm. but they were short lived mm-hmm. and very awkward. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it was. I was also like in my in the community where I grew up um, I had a lot of close guy friends mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I was the the kind of the best girlfriend yeah. who like you could make out with occasionally but <laughs> where I was going home and like journaling I'm so in love with him <laughs> does he love me back <laughs> oh, I can't decide. And just never, never doing, never getting involved. I know. I can't decide if I'm like, should I burn my journals or do oh, I no. hold publish on to them. them? Publish them. <laughs> oh my gosh. I still have them because sometimes I do need to reflect on my inner child and be like, oh girl. Oh girl. <laughs> be like, I have grown. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. <laughs> your, a little bit. A little. Jingle dance little dalliances. <laughs> yes all right look we're gonna have to take a break <laughs> we'll be right back to answer your advice question imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, y'all. Wanted to pop in real quick and let you know that if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, there are a couple different ways. Most of our support comes from our wonderful Patreon community. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes of just us mostly spilling the tea mm-hmm. and occasionally searching for crazy bread in Los Angeles. Plus, lots of other bonus content. We love our page pals, and we couldn't do this without you. And if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. We also have merch, which includes Gotta Miss a Bitch and Jubu t-shirts, yeah. which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios. And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds, and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. Uh, Jenna, as you said, you know, these people are out here suffering, fools needing us, <laughs> needing to be helped. You know, but we're not professionals. We're just going to say what we're going to say. You know, I love to pop off in the mouth and think I know what's good for you. But- <laughs> Do you guys remember the the Malier thing where people started sending them dildos? The no. people that the the white supremacists that took over the wildlife thing, they're like, we don't we didn't bring enough supplies to hold this. And so they like put out their like address. Yeah. And then people started to fuck with them and send them like dildos from Amazon. <laughs> oh great. my god, yes. That's very oh, funny. It's a great like, hey, if you want to fuck with a Nazi, send them a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so yes, yeah. as Naomi said, we we get questions all over the place. Uh Twitter Instagram, Gmail, of course. Naomi loves. I'm very excited. I'm so excited. Sorry. I just was uh, giving a little nonverbal exclamation. (laughs) Excited I am to attempt to give people relationship advice. Uh, Naomi, of course, loves the most questions from voicemail. (laughs) Because I can hear in your voice how desperate you are. How weary. Oh, yeah. All right. So... Uh, here's our first voicemail. Hi, Andy and Naomi. Um, this is, I was about to say my name. I don't think I'm supposed to do that. Okay. <laughs> so I have a slight problem with a um, friend of mine. It's been going on for a couple of years. Um, 
Sarah's friend. I'm really close to it. I actually used to live with them, um, her and her husband. And the husband is like, I don't know, really mean to me is how I would like to describe it. Um, and I just like do not mesh well. Um, I think he's a little bit sexist, but I mean, whatever. Um, but he's just like not, I haven't lived there in a number of years and, you know, we're still friends. I go over and he's just like very rude to me and like talks down to me. It's specifically, um, worse when my partner comes over with us because he really likes my partner and clearly does not like me. So he will like make snide comments about, um, me like being dumb or stuff like that. What? Um, which I am in fact not dumb. She is like one of the most supportive people in my life, but it's really hard because I am like kind of part of their lives in the sense of like foster dogs, like they are a foster daughter and I are close. And so I want to have the space field to like spend not, you know, having to go out to eat or not go and do things out all the time. I want to be able to spend time with them, but at the same time, like, I don't know. And it might just be like, I'm more sensitive to it right now, but I don't know what to do in terms of addressing him and like how he treats me. Um, because like, it's just not nice. Um, so love some advice. Thanks. <laughs> wow. Okay. So her, wow, wow, wow. she lived with that her sucks. friend and her husband for a while. And, uh, that now the husband is mean to her. Yeah, but also mean most like meanest when she's there with her partner, because the husband is obviously nice to the partner. So you can tell that it's like, Oh, there's one person actively in this room that you dislike. So it's very, it like makes it very clear. And it's not just like, Oh, he's in a mood, you know, it's like, Oh no, he mean. Um, yeah. But yeah, I understand. And like, I guess what she was saying at the end too, where she's like, well, I don't want to feel like to hang out with them. I have to like be away. Like, let's go someplace where he's not. She's like, I would like to be able to just like, so like go over to the house or socialize with them without him, without him having attitude. Now, Jenna, do you have any friends who have partners that you just, you really don't want to fuck with, but you kind of have to? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I actually have mostly enjoyed most of my close friends' partners, but I also do understand uh, the feeling of sort of being the third wheel, even though you're not just alone you know Mm -hmm. like i think that there's like um i I like understand the feeling of like being outside of a marriage that happened between two people (laughs) that one of them being your like very close friend so i definitely think that um it's in my opinion a boundaries issue and uh if you're a non-confrontational person which perhaps it sounds like this person is i am also very non-confrontational it's one of my achilles heels um so what it requires of me is if i'm too uncomfortable to like approach somebody about something um i have to like set pretty clear boundaries for myself and what i'm comfortable with and i have to adhere to them and you know unfortunately that sometimes infringes on like the friendship element. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. I think, I think she should, 
I, I think, caller, you should talk to your friend. And I think when you talk to huh. your friend, you don't come in with the emotions. You got to come in with the receipts. Because even now when you're telling us and you're like, you know, he says stuff like you're stupid. It's I think it's like being very specific, being like at dinner tonight, he said this, this and this. What I'm curious about is, is he there are a lot of people out there who are shitty at jokes and they're not good at telling them. And so they think they're being funny. Right. When they're just being assholes. Right. But, but then that's the thing. Then he needs to be told, hey, you might be trying to be cute, but it actually hurts my feelings. And if she can't talk to him directly, you know, if this is your friend you've been friends with for years, I assume. Then what's the point of that friendship if you can't go to her and say, hey, could you tell your man to stop with that? <laughs> you know, or like ask him or, you know, and then maybe she will just like, oh, well, he just thinks he's being funny. And it's like, OK, well, can you tell him that? Like, I don't think it's funny. It makes me sad. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Or, yeah. Or just a simple like you you don't even have to ask her to address it with him. You can simply say, like, I don't want to come to dinner with you because I don't think he likes me. He treats me like he doesn't like mm. me. And so I'm uncomfortable mm. around him. And if she's like, what? He loves you. You can be like, well, then why does he always call me stupid? Right. Mm. That's not cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. And if That's he's trying to better. be funny, buy him an online comedy course at UCB or something. <laughs> because he obviously does not <laughs> yeah. fucking know the very basic. It's like there's a lot of people online. I mean, they're, they, they're basically just assholes. And then when you call yeah. them on their assholeness, they're like, I was just kidding. And it's just like. I saw someone, I for, I'm sorry that I can't remember who this was, but someone said, okay, well then what's the punchline, right? If you're just kidding, what's the punchline? Because if they can't tell you that, then they're not kidding because they don't fucking know what comedy is. It wasn't yeah. a joke, I right? Also it wasn't that, a like, joke. There's a lot of people who think that they're, they, they're couching what they think their joke is. They're saying it's a joke but it's not right it's like, exactly and especially i think men do this if they yes. ever if they're if they're genuinely sexist or mean yeah they'll be like i'm just sarcastic and it's right. like no nah, you're just a fucking asshole yeah. right you right, don't right, understand right. comedy okay what's the punchline okay right. you were being sarcastic how like why right. are you being yeah. uh, you were being a uh, sarcasm is just irony so why like what's the ironic part yeah. of this because right. otherwise you're just being a piece of shit and anytime right. you have to explain a joke, you know it's not a good joke anyway, <laughs> right? Like if someone's like, break it down. I need you to go from top to bottom. But it's also, but also too, when people say they're joking, it is such a, that to me is a real casual everyday form of gaslighting. Because the 100%. moment you say you're joking, my reaction is now outsized. My reaction oh, yeah. doesn't make any sense. And it's like, you know what you did last summer. Okay, but you know exactly <laughs> what yes. you're doing. Uh, yes. And it's like, that is in that kind of personality where it's like, even if you say, even if like you're joking is your response, it's like, you you were joking? Nobody laughed. You know what I mean? No one in the oh, mix yeah. laughed. So it's like- I 100%, when I, I now as a comedian say, I'm joking to emphasize the point that I'm making, LOL, I'm joking means- Ha ha! Right, I I'm correct about what I just said about that person. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it's doubling down on the truth. Unfortunately, yeah, yep, 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 yeah. You gotta, you got, yeah. I, I like what you're saying though, Jan. That's the suggestion of just like telling your friend, like, hey, I don't want to come around because he don't like me. And she's like, what? And you're like, yeah. Nobody gets me. my cool guy persona. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> You know, that's his vibe. He's just the dice in his own house. 
Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, you yeah. got to say something. See, I, I like the way, because my, in my mind, I like your guy's suggestion, because I was like, yeah, confront him. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"No." laughs> After hearing you both talk, I'm like, oh, no, that's a bad idea. Confront him in front of his foster daughter <laughs> and say, you're terrible. Say, <laughs> like, no. Call no. social services on that. <laughs> really fuck with his life. Destroy his life. <laughs> Puncture his tires, even if that means the foster daughter doesn't get to school. On exactly, time. he's got to learn their repercussions. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this in real life, but I do like the idea of like a movie where someone like there's like this like little insult, and then the person just destroys that person. So life. it's like a John Wick, but instead of killing a dog, it's just someone like brushing their it's shoulder. Like someone goes like, <laughs> no, yeah. So someone goes like, hey, look at this dummy, and then that per- <laughs> and then the person who gets called dummy proceeds to destroy that person's life. <laughs> Ugh. That would be so fun. That's very spank bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to say something. Also, I don't know. Like, I have, I'm trying to think. I'm like, I have friends who. Well, I, lately I've been yelling on stage about how um, I want people to stop bringing their partners, their booze to meals. Like, I'm trying to think, like, don't no booze at brunch is like kind of the. But it sounds like alcohol when I say booze that way. But it's like, because really I'm saying no boyfriends at brunch. But I'm really saying all yeah. the genders. But it's like, leave. There are people where I'm like, I don't need your partner. Like, I really don't. <laughs> I'm oh, at an age listen. now where it's like, there are very few people where it's like, I don't feel this. Ne- like, when there are people I like, I'm like, yes, please, let's hang out. But I'm also not like, to hang out with you is to hang out with your partner. And I'm saying this as a bitch who do a podcast with a man. I understand when it's too much. <laughs> No, I get it. I'm very much like I lived a whole 30s of being a third wheel. Like I I I I've 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 suffered through my friends' weddings, being in them. Like I I am very much the 27 dresses bitch. Like it's a, 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 I've had a sad sad existence as the as the friend, the funny the funny friend who doesn't fucking ever have a, a partner in the mix. And I'm now at a point in my life where I'm like, uh, I either just assume that it's a package deal and I enjoy it, or I only hang out with single people because they won't do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like, also, I don't know. I'm really, it's so important to me to have separate friends. Mm-hmm. Friends who yeah. are not Andy's friends. Friends I could talk about Andy with. Friends I can just like. What could you ever say about me? <laughs> You know what's crazy about that though is and and Andy this is like a this is you know props to you for this but like a lot of men don't have friends yeah especially when they get into relationships with women their their female counterpart ends up being their everything really? their bestie their social circle yeah yes yeah their social circle and they rely on their right. female friends social circle because women are very good at maintaining their social circle uh-huh. so men sort of rely on it and yeah. i think that there's a bit of a crisis happening with our adult men that they don't uh have their own social network to rely on right uh in the same way women do huh this is a hetero issue i i I agree with that i do agree with that interesting Uh, yeah i think i think they're getting better but it's true it's like it is something that you have had to make a concerted effort to do in your adult years because when i met you for instance you just hung out with your improv friends and it was just kind of like we're chill we're hanging out but in terms of like deeper conversations you have had to push certain friendships in that direction mm-hmm. i think they na- i think those friendships that endured naturally went in that direction 
but I think mm-hmm, you were mm-hmm. in a but you were in a place to have real talk. Like Andy, I was with somebody for, for since seventh grade, and only in the last five years have they started talking about their feelings. Right, right, right. I wasn't in that place, but I didn't have to push those friendships. As I naturally, like as I went to therapy and naturally opened up, those friendships naturally, I didn't have to push them. The ones that didn't, I see what you're saying. The ones that didn't go in that direction faded away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's like that's like the energy that you're putting out, and so that is sort of like the the friend the that's your friend group now, and I think it's so rare. I yeah. I, I I believe it can happen, and it should happen, but I just think it's so rare. But to also, see most of them don't live in L.A. That's the thing too. Like Andy's like closest people aren't really right. here, so it is like a, a real. It's like okay, who can I call to hang out? Who I yeah. like to hang out with. And it's like, and then of course you yeah. can like only b- hang out with somebody so much. Like I just found some friends who I was, last week I was at their house probably three times in a week. Cause I was just like, can I come over? I need to get out of my house. And your house is comfy and you have two dogs. One of whom laid on my lap the entire movie. Uh, like that's like why I go oh. over there. Cause I'm like, I'm like, I just want like, so for, for, I was just like, totally. I am climbing the walls in this house. Yeah. And it was just like, Same. what do I do? And it's not like I want to sit outside and bake in a hot ass sun, you know, like sitting in a park. And so then I'm like, whose house can I go to? <laughs> I do think that there's something to be said for the way that women not only uh, like hold on to sort of that. Uh, either hold or feel responsible for the um, community building role in our lives. Um, But we rely on it. Like we need other women in our lives for various biologic and social uh, Mm -hmm. reasons that we like, we, we need it. I think that men need it too. Don't get me wrong. But I, I just think that like women uh, we're so much more, uh, used to going to our female friends in times of extreme need mm-hmm. because um, various things, you know, uh, help or assistance or healthcare or whatever, we don't have access to. We don't have as much access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I think uh, I also to bring it back to this caller, what a great time to start to create that separate friendship with your girlfriend and the and the kid i have that situation with a lot of my girlfriends with kids where i'm like you me and the and the kiddos let's go on a vacation or Mm. you me and the kid like i want to hang out with just you and i think that we could just we people we got to be okay with that exactly exactly but you also you have to have a partner where like you do that thing but they can mesh this is what my problem like naomi you can go with they're also my friends. It's just right. that they're more your friends. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Like, especially the people you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can hang out with them, too. Right. And, I, and they're genuinely my friends. But you have to be able to mesh. That's why this jerk. Right. right. This jerk. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is my problem. Gotta mesh. You don't have to be bosom buddies, but you gotta mesh. Gotta mesh a bit. Yeah. Gotta... Sorry, one of our taglines is gotta miss a bitch, which is the key to making any relationship work. And I just said, <laughs> gotta mess, mesh a yeah. bitch. And that was sick. That's I think it's right. time for the next question. Because- Jenny, you got time for one more? <laughs> yeah. Great. Here we go. This is now, this comes from Naomi. You told, this is a, a member of the, uh, the couples therapy quarantine crew. Yes. And you told them oh, uh, yeah. to call in. So yeah. here we go. Hi, Naomi and Andy, and any esteemed guests that may be joining y'all. This is Lex. Any pronoun is fine. I have a work question. Um, you both know where I work, but I will keep it vague here. Um, essentially, two months ago, they brought me back to work in store after a year and a half of working from home. 
this amazing experience. I loved it. I was challenged. I felt valued. It was really, really excelling. And now I'm back in this chaotic, disorganized mess where I haven't been happy for three years. No one takes any personal responsibility for anything. And I'm constantly doing the work of three people. It's exhausting. I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I hate it. I don't want to be there. Um, because I'm in leadership, I'm left dealing with a team who's consistently burnt out and abused by customers and generally giving about 40%. And honestly, I can't blame them. I would do the same thing if I were them. Anyway, back to me. <laughs> Recently, an opportunity came up for me to return back working remotely from home permanently. Um, this opportunity would bring me out of leadership and back to basically entry level, very little customer involvement because customers are trash. And I would be able to work from my couch with my dogs and my cats and access to coffee and snacks all day. No traffic, no mall food court, no anti-maskers. Sounds great, right? The problem is it would be a drastic pay cut. We're talking cutting my salary down by a third. I know work stress is different from money stress and growing up super poor, I don't know if I can go back to a place where I'm living paycheck to paycheck mm -hmm. and not really able to enjoy life the way my partner and I do now. Ultimately, our plan is to sell our house and move somewhere else where our money can go a bit further and it would be a lot easier to do that if we didn't have to worry about having job opportunities for both of us in the same place. Working remotely means I can be anywhere. For context, my partner and I make about the same amount of money currently, and I would still be able to pay all my bills, just basically no extras. It would not be putting us in a hole, I guess. Mm -hmm. Is my mental health and quality of life worth such a dramatic drop in pay without any clear path wow. forward or guarantee that I'll be able to move back up? I would love y'all's thoughts on this. I love you both. Also, hi, Mabel. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Oh, this uh. is a real toughie. I would call this an actual this conundrum. Is, this, this is real. I, I think this is also the voice of our generation right now. <laughs> this is like, this is the existential crisis that we are all. Yeah, for real. It, to some degree uh, facing. And truly, everyone in the States right now, I think, uh, workers, period, are having this exact experience. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. You know, but I but I also get that thing, too. Like, you know, for me, even, you know, and, you know, something you and I talk about, Andy, even the decision to, for instance, in our in our line of work as creatives, like this was not something that I started pursuing until one, I was like laid off of my day job and mm -hmm. I knew I started to find a clear path through it, meaning, um, OK, I know what I need to make. Well, basically, like I still I still go up and down. There's still times when I don't have mm -hmm. work. I also just like really don't spend a lot of money unless it's on food. And um, I was I, it no, no, I know, but I was like, I, I pointed out, but also it's like, I, <laughs> I, I live a lot leaner than my income because I don't know when the next thing is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's just like something I've kind of agreed to for my own. The only way I can kind of move through this business is if I do that keep it real low and then i just have extra and that way when i don't have a job for three to six months i'm okay um this was definitely not something i you know i'm not comfortable not having like not knowing what's up and you, one of the things we talked about a lot in this podcast too just money stuff for us as a couple and like how our couple's therapist taught us taught us that sort of the lowest threshold of the two people is the threshold of the relationship so like mm. i need actual savings I need like right. six months of saving. Like when I was in grad school, I was used to living like close to the bone. Like overdraft I had, fees. Yes. I had no money. Yeah. I was constantly yeah. getting overdraft fees and it was just like, well, that's it. I eat a turkey sandwich. I eat a fake turkey sandwich for dinner 
and uh, some baked lays. And I said, I got to be able to have a hot meal every day. <laughs> I got to be able to have a hot meal, Jenna. <laughs> and so what do I have to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also like um, we're talking about when we talk about money and finances, we're talking about so much more than just you know, finances. We're talking about like, like I know when I've been poor and before I got a job writing on Rutherford, um, like I had been, uh, unemployed and pretty much I had been unemployed for a year and a half and I had been broke for about three or four months, like three or four months Mm -hmm. uh, of, um, having to, at the age of 38, ask my parents for help. And, Mm -hmm. and like, and you know my my savings had dwindled and 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 like selling beadwork like doing whatever yeah. i possibly could to like get by to pay rent and to like and i and i had to start making some real tough decisions for myself um namely the decision to like leave la and to mm. move back home and to start over in a different way you know big life decisions yeah. because i just was not not only was i unable to do it but I mentally and emotionally did not want to. Yeah. I was like, this is not this is unattractive to me. This is not appealing as yep. a lifestyle. Yeah. Um maybe when I was in my early thirties, I could have like struggled through it and been like fi- found some kind of like meaning in that existence. But I, I I do understand the feeling of like, is it worth it to fucking struggle and strife? In this situation, I actually think because this person has a partner that this person has a safety net and like a uh, like options to move or to you know make money on the side or something like there it seems to 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 me that there are there's not like the ground will not fall out from underneath them mm-hmm. that the mental health aspect should be prioritized. Interesting. Yeah. A third, I hear what you're saying, and in a way I do agree, but a third is such a big pay cut, and I wonder if there is any, I mean, I'm sure you've already checked, but is there any wiggle room with that, even if they could bring you up, you know, a few thousand dollars? Because the thing is, then it becomes, then you put the pressure on the partner. You And as you said, you can still pay right. your bills, it's just extras. And the only reason why, I'm going to say this, why, again, because I also noticed about Lex, the caller has two dogs and I think two or three cats. I'm going to tell you now, somebody who owns animals, them bitches take your money. Okay? <laughs> Deep, mm-hmm. We love them deeply, mm-hmm. but you're going to need extra because you got five animals. So The animals <laughs> cost more to keep than I do. Exactly. <laughs> totally. God. That is the only reason why I'm like, you got to have a little extra. You got to have, because like, something just going to happen. Something's going to happen with one of them. And you're going to be out of pocket $1,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you're just but, like... And, and, uh, but on the other side of this, the way it's going now, it's going to end either way. You know what I mean? Like, either you make the active decision to change your life, or it will change for you, and you'll be miserable until mm-hmm. it does. You know, like, yeah. it, th- this isn't... the What she's experiencing now, or what they're experiencing now, is not sustainable. As yeah. a way, as a lifestyle, you know, yeah. I, I, you can push yeah. through as long as you want, but uh, at some point, something's got to give. I, I actually agree with that. Like when uh, when I moved to New York, like I had nothing. I had no money. I didn't have. I mean, I'd say I saved a little bit for. I taught. Um, 
I adjunct taught for a year to save up money, but it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a huge cushion. I thought I had a job waiting for me in New York, and then the financial crash happened, and that job evaporated. And so I was just doing temp jobs and eventually got on unemployment and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, I was happier. I was happier doing that than I was being miserable in Philadelphia adjunct professoring or being in grad school or that kind of stuff. Like that, that, yeah. like that was a misery to my bones <laughs> in a way that like, tr- like doing the thing that made me happier that, that like actually fulfilled me. Even if it was just like, whatever, doing a fucking dumb sketch at UCB at 11 PM on a Friday night or something. Right. Like that was yeah. so much more fulfilling. Even if I was like having to be scrappy in New York. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, it was the same kind of like financial misery. But, like, I was much happier as a person. And because of that, the financial misery was less. Does that make sense? It wasn't yeah, really. It, does. it wasn't really misery. It was, like, there was stress, like, especially if, like, I had to. I mean, there were just, I had to take some terrible jobs. Right. But there was always this kind of, like, core of happiness, even in those terrible jobs. Mm. Yeah. As bad as they were. As bad as some of them were. I see what you're saying. I guess, yeah. I guess then what I would say is, is there, like, again, y- You've applied for this other job. I don't know if it's like now on the table, how quickly, you know, how delayed we are in answering this. But I'm like, can you, knowing, okay, you're going to take this cut, can you save up some money for a few months yeah. just to keep, as, as what everyone's saying is like a little bit of a cushion and like that's almost the emergency fund? Because again, you can still pay Absolutely. your bills and just like kind of build up your emergency fund. That way you can get out. And then if something happens, because because here is the thing, right? As you said, like, I'm assuming you will save some money on gas. Now that you don't have to drive to work, you're going to save money now that you aren't buying mall food court lunch. <laughs> you mm-hmm. should be saving, you know, on like morning coffee and like all those little things we buy during the day when we're not at home. You know, I'm assuming now you can just get some bulk snacks from Costco, save a little something. And like, mm-hmm. hopefully that can help. Again, that's not going to cover like a third, but at least it should be enough savings that. You know, you're not totally screwed, and then you can still like go to a movie every couple yeah, weeks. Get yourself a, <laughs> a, a box of Kirkland totally. brand taquitos. Oh my God, Kirkland, anything <laughs> oh Kirkland. God. And who doesn't love revel in those? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, I think that there's, you know, what I did for myself when I knew I was going to transition to unemployment. Like, I knew I was becoming unemployed. Mm-hmm. I quit my teaching. I quit my um, non in LA. I had worked at a nonprofit job. Uh, for two years and I wasn't necessarily miserable there. It was making me enough money to live and I could continue to save, but I, I, it was taking enough mental energy that I was like, I'm not able to focus on my life. Like I'm not able to Mm -hmm. focus on living and being happy. Like that kind of like employment, uh, work stress, it just bleeds into your life. Unfortunately. Um, And and so what I did for myself was I hired a friend uh, or or somebody who is a happens to be a friend, but 
he is a financial advisor for a lot of like writers or comedy people. And I just had like a, a few sessions with him before I actually quit my job so that he could help me. And this is like, this is some adult shit. Like normally I wouldn't fucking do this. I would go cold Turkey, quit my job and just like right. rock out baby. And like pray to God, I didn't hit bottom. You know what I mean? Like this is not my style at all, but I did myself the biggest favor by giving like planning it well and making sure that like I was saving this much money every month. I had more than enough of a cushion to be able to support myself for as long as I thought I could support myself. Um, And I hired him to help me really break down how much I wanted to spend every month when I was unemployed based on my savings, based on how much I had put away so that, uh, and like, like true to the D you know, using like mint or, you know, some shit, some app where I'm like tracking where my money's going so that I wasn't exceeding my budget, uh-huh. like really budgeting. And it helped me a lot. It made the money that I saved go so much further mm-hmm. than I thought I would be able to. Um, and, in- and instead of, being stressed about it all the time with every, you know, little bit of money that I made, uh, I just knew exactly where it was all going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. there's some organization that you can do for yourself to help ease that financial anxiety, which I think totally. a lot of that anxiety comes from just not knowing. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's, that's a great That's a great idea. It's like figure out the stuff that you just don't need to. Right. There's so much stuff that like we think like we need for ourselves. Yeah. And then Trina's like, no, I, you know. I right. Because I'm, I didn't need a new armoire. <laughs> <laughs> armoire. What a great oh, specific. Oh, God, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I almost think it's like if you have a little bit of time, I would almost say like for the next three months, live as though you were making what you would make in this new job. And that extra part of your salary goes into savings. Oh, that's good. So then you just kind of yeah. put that. And then so, again, because then you get to kind of see what it looks like. Start living now as if you were making one third less. That one third goes and you got a little something. And just start to practice it. You know, because it's always easier to implement something when you're not in dire straits. Yeah. And then once you're actually <laughs> in it, you know, and you have a system. And like, look, get some of these animals working. Okay, get them a spot with Purina. <laughs> okay, something. Get somebody bringing some money in this house. That's what I'm always saying to Mabel. I'm like, Mabel, you too cute to just be up in here eating my food. Go get some work. Okay? Oh, God. Get a job. Something. She could, she could model yeah. doggy bow ties. Uh-huh. <laughs> something. <laughs> but, well, well, sorry, one final thing. What Jana said, like, you, there's no boundaries in your life. Just because you're whatever you feel at work doesn't like dissipate the minute you leave yeah right there's no there's no like just because you go from one physical place to another doesn't mean like your emotions suddenly uh, magically change right so it's oh like having like having meaningful work mm-hmm. is really important and it's not just because i'm re- yeah. reading david graber's bullshit jobs at the moment that i'm thinking about he's this very stuff. into bullshit jobs right now <laughs> As, is it a good what is it great. what is the thesis what's the message he's an anthropologist and he basically uh he, his definition of bullshit jobs is like a job where the per he's not calling some like if someone does like x y or z he's not saying that's bullshit if it's you as the person doing the job knows that if the job went away nothing would change in the world you know that you're doing a bullshit job and like in the first chapter, he talks to this person who's like a sub, sub, sub contractor for the German army. 
<laughs> and they basically take like if someone if uh, if someone in the sub subcontractor moves offices the sub sub subcontractor person gets a bunch of forms they have to fill it out and they go to that person's office and they put their computer in a box seal it move it to their new oh, place yeah, yeah, yeah. unseal it and set up their computer and that's their entire job as opposed to the person moving offices and just moving their own computer, right? <laughs> so that person, the sub-sub-subcontractor who just moves the computer, knows that their job is a bullshit job because if their job went away, nothing would change in the world. And so they know that they're doing yeah. something absolutely meaningless with their lives, and it wears on yeah. them, and it destroys their life. Yep. So And, <laughs> yes, Sorry, go on, I also think that we are we perhaps are entering... Um, and, and that, and I find this to be a hopeful thing for everyone. I think we're entering a, a potential paradigm switch. I don't think it's going to happen soon, but I do think workers are going to sort of, um, have a bit more of an impact, uh, uh, soon politically and, you know, uh, uh, financially in our country because through covid and some of these relief bills that have happened people who are grinding and grinding and miserable and unhappy are have been able to lean on their unemployment insurance and and step away from their grind you know and be able to live and and realize that they're enjoying life they actually mm -hmm. like there is life to be lived and and that we are like we are such a work we are such a grind culture in our country. It's so fucking toxic. We will literally like do anything for money. And it, it's a <laughs> shitty, it's a shitty way to live. Yeah. Um, and so I think that we are now kind of coming to these consensus with climate change and some of these big existential looming um, experiences that we're having collectively. I think we're kind of coming, turning a corner perhaps. And I think we should kind of lean into this rhetoric that like, there is life to be lived beyond working and, and we should, we should demand better from yeah. our culture yeah. that like, we shouldn't have to live to work. Yes. yes. Bring you know? us the yes. siesta, honey. America yes. needs a siesta. Thank you. You know what we say on this show? The only grinding you should be doing is out on the dance floor. Thanks everyone. <laughs> I've been Andy Beckerman for couples therapy. Oh my God. I thought you were going to say the only grinding you should be doing is your teeth as you contemplate existence, because that's my vibe. The only grinding you should be doing is peppercorns on your pasta. Thanks, folks. I'm oh, Andy Beckerman. God. Gina, I, I blame you for this. <laughs> I think, no, I think you're, you're totally right. I think it's also like, because I remember what I always hated about office jobs was like, I don't need to be here these whole eight hours. This is just like, no. I spend more time trying to look busy. Yes. So you don't give me more shit to do. When really, like, 100%. like I remember I would just drag shit out because I knew I could. That's the of a bullshit job. Exactly. And it was just like, I know. Yeah. And it's like, or that feeling of like, I'm just here so you can watch me. And it's like, I'm fucking grown. And I'm always, I'm always complaining to Andy about how like, there's nothing I hate more than when someone gives you like an email or a one sheet with information and then you have to have a meeting in which they read you that email <laughs> or one sheet of information. Because my oh thing is, my if you can't trust me to read a sheet of paper, you shouldn't have me working here. You see what I'm saying? If you can't read the shit that was given to you in 14 point font with bullets, 
fire me. Listen, I can't. Also, if you're in a management position and you're managing a bunch of nightmares, fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> fuck out of there. I have been there, and there is nothing more miserable than having to manage people who make your life miserable. Other adults. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've worked with kids, <laughs> and the worst part about working in schools is the adults. <laughs> <laughs> what age did you teach? A million percent. What? I taught middle school. I taught high school. Okay. Oh, and, wow. uh, and you know, the, the worst people to work with and collaborate with in a school setting uh, are, are people who are burnt out. Yeah. People who are tired and don't want to be there. Yep. They make it miserable for everyone yeah. else. So yeah. it's like you're doing you're not doing yourself any favors. You're also not doing your colleagues any favors by being there in that mentality. Yeah. It's it sucks for everybody. And there and I will say as a person, I, I feel like my employment situation right now is so cushy because I get to work from home and do something creative that I love. But there is nothing better to me than setting my computer up. And being on Zoom, mute while I'm washing a dish. <laughs> yep. Or yep. you know, scooping my kitty litter, turn the video off, and, <laughs> and do my my house chores. Like, right? This is the life. I know. I know. You hit five o'clock, and you're like, I did it all. Now it's my Truly. time. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, wow. I really, you guys, honestly, Jenna, you really helped me come around to this because I, I don't. Initially, I was like, oh, you got to keep that job. And like find other ways. But I think you guys are right. I think it's about like, you know, if you can if you can plan this a little better, a little more, like financially take some time to really set it up, set it aside. And especially if you do, as you said, you plan on selling the house, moving someplace even cheaper. You know what I mean? Then this can be done. This can happen for you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, don't you feel better doing stand up than when you worked in an office like inside? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And now that I'm more used to the ebb and flow of this business, granted, I still yeah. don't know how to set my own schedule or meet my own personal goals. I am still <laughs> way better. Well, and also you're like you're bringing so much more to your community. You are engaged. You're probably so much more engaged in your relationship and your friendships. You have time and energy to give to other things. And I always I, I just always think, like, if you're experienced in poverty, you're good at it. <laughs> you're already good at it. <laughs> What's the harm? You've already done it before, so right. you know it. And if you know it's short term, that's even better. Do you know what I mean? If yeah. you're like, all right, all right, I can spend a year make be a friends with yeah. ramen again. You know what I mean? Yep. I remember those good old days, maybe. I do, and I love a ramen. And now I know to put a couple put a couple veggies in it. Come in a little frozen right. veggie. Let me just tell you, you get yourself right. a uh, half loaf or Arnold rye. You get yourself some uh, fake turkey, turkey slices. <laughs> baked lace. You got to have a side salad, too. Always got to have a side salad. But those bags are uh, like three fifty. Yeah. three fifty yeah. for a bag oh, of last a couple days. speaking my language. Yep. Not I want it right now. Honestly, you to- got it. Oh, here's the, here's the key. You toast. <laughs> you toast the rye bread. All right. <laughs> I, I like I like where you're going with you're this. Just that meal right up. So I got I gotta say, like you, you do that a couple nights a week. Yeah. I, I, honestly, what I still do stuff like that now. I know you do. I, I do too. <laughs> I I always say splurge on butter. If you're gonna splurge, splurge on butter because you're putting butter mm. in a lot of things. Okay, just, that's you know, very smart. Get that carry. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, that's right. Yeah, uh, Jenna. This what was a, a dang a delight. delight. Naomi, how do you feel now that you, you were half asleep? <laughs> I know. I, I, I feel hopeful. 
I still may go back to bed, <laughs> but I feel hopeful. As is your and, right. And that as is an you. American. <laughs> and that is you, Jim. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I had a great yeah. time. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the app. We will see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com